Hello everybody and welcome once again to the brink or should I say howdy y'all as we are coming to you direct from the Lone Star State of Texas. That is right, my terrible Texan accent apparently I just try and do somehow in the middle of it. But uh, yes, it is a huge pleasure to be back for episode 5 of the reboot and continuing to take it overseas. As I record this, the 2016 US Grand Prix is happening behind me. You might be able to hear some cars driving around in the background and that is because at the time of recording this is probably about 15 laps to go of this race and uh, this is one of the many highlights we are bringing to you from this week of the brink uh, have not just been here in texas just have come from los angeles where we will bring you some highlights as well from a couple of days there in the city of angels but uh, as always we have plenty of fun and exciting times to bring you as the brink goes global and it's it's fascinating to kind of experience these things from a different perspective i guess different areas of the world been previously of course to the australian and the malaysian grand prix if you're a long-term listener to the brink products the qualifying lap of course uh has brought you content previously from both the australian and malaysian grand prix and this is the first taste of the u.s one and people like to say that americans don't like formula one well i'm telling you now that this is a very busy race circuit here at the Circuit of Americas in Austin, Texas. Plenty of fans here. The queues for the food venues, I should say, much bigger than you ever get the Australian Grand Prix. And uh, while there might not be as much going on off track as you do get in Melbourne, certainly are some very passionate supporters. Plenty of colours from all the way around the world. I can see a Honduras flag right now of all places. No uh, Honduras drivers in the world of Formula 1. Don't know what uh, they're doing here, but I guess I have an Australian flag in my hand. There is an Australian driver so that kind of makes a little bit of sense. There is uh, plenty of people wearing cowboy hats, uh, also American pants, and just a wide variety of Americana. It has to be said, they do love to show off their stars and stripes. But just looking around right now, I can see grandstands absolutely packed. And uh, for, as I said before, people who say that Americans don't enjoy Formula 1 will get along here to the uh, American Grand Prix, and you will see that they definitely are passionate. Uh, I was a bit sad though as i walked into the track there was a sign saying no handguns which was um obviously a bit sad i, I assumed that i could just carry a handgun anywhere here in uh, america but um you had to go through the metal detectors they made sure that you did not have any weapons of course and um you know it's texas they love their guns and particularly um obviously here in austin people like to carry their handguns it's very uh interesting to see nonetheless but uh yes plenty to come this episode it's exciting to be here on the road we've gone from new zealand big to australia and now we're back here well sort of starting here i guess in the us of a and uh plenty to come in episode five of the brink reboot for anybody who actually does follow formula one the circuit of the americas is very well known for its turn one which I am literally standing on, well right now, walking up to it. It's known because it's a very steep incline and basically it sweeps upwards into a left-hand turn and it is, let's just say, incredibly steep. Um, just looking at it right now, head on, um, I don't think you really get a grasp of just exactly how steep it is until you're standing here. And um, It was heavily talked up as a key feature of this circuit when they designed it back for 2012 and I'm telling you now, this is, it's bloody steep. There's no other way of uh, 
describing it. I literally just was accosted by some very intoxicated lady who was thrilled that I was from Australia. But anyway, I'm thrilled that I'm walking up this turn right now. And if you're thinking I'm out of breath or sounding like that, it's because as I walk up it, it's uh, very steep. So just thought I would share that with you. The result um, of this Grand Prix... Clearly Lewis Hamilton won it, Rosberg second, Ricardo third, got uh, Jared Butler to do a shoey on the podium, which uh, for those who don't know what that is, drinking champagne out of his racing boot, but Gerard Butler did not drink alcohol, he actually drank Red Bull, so sponsors product and uh, I guess instead of Iron Sparta he is drinking Red Bull, so that's how it works and uh, that's how it's going here at the Circuit of America for the US Grand Prix. Now, alongside our uh, regular flashback segment, we've been enjoying bringing you some live memories of the brink from musicians who have performed live on the show across our history, and uh, bring you another one this week. Busby Maru, one of Australia's uh, most upcoming bands, been doing the rounds for quite some time now, and have been doing great guns around the country. They've been on our show several times, and have performed a couple of times for us live, and uh, their hit single, My Second Mistake, has been performed a few times, and we thought, well, let's play it again. This is from June. June in 2014, Busby Maru performing their song My Second Mistake live on the brink. Sit back and enjoy it. Lectured all the boys riding high up on my horse, preaching up a sermon in fidelity. Go so tried, Lord, I tried, but I failed. Yeah, 
actually never been to America and perhaps wonder about some of the cultural things or you know the things that you might find different to Australia um, it's kind of actually an interesting thing when you get here because for, for those who again haven't been here it's, it's really not a huge cultural shock to come to America because even though it's on the other side of the world and it's another country it basically feels very similar to Australia on many levels I mean I think that all borders down to the fact that Australia, very Americanised, um, and obviously very similar cultures in, in many aspects, but also I guess we get so much American culture in Australia when it comes to TVs, movies and just everything else that there's not a whole lot. I mean, right now I'm literally walking down a street in Austin, Texas, um, via a highway, and you would think sort of looking at the cars on the other side of the the road compared to what we're used to might be unusual and I guess it kind of is but when you've been here as amount of times as I have and you've driven in cars it, it doesn't really feel too different it, it sort of it gets a little bit unique I would say when it comes to crossing a road and you're used to looking for cars a certain way or crossing by a driveway like I am right now you're kind of expecting a car to go one way but obviously a car's going to go the other way so subtle things like that but I mean, for the most part, America is very much Australian. I, I, I honestly think that's probably the other way around, actually. Australia is very American. But Texas in itself, I mean, a unique thing about America is that you actually look at um, a lot of the states are very much uh, countries in their own right when it comes to their cultures and, and things that are, are different when it comes to each state and that's one thing that I think really does stand out so being in Texas compared to California different mindsets different uh, ways about things and obviously passions are very high in America so Texans are very proud to be Texans, Californians are very proud to be Californians and likewise in every other single state so that's, that's one key uniqueness I guess that you could uh, come across with if you wanted to say real differences and brands. You obviously are very familiar with certain brands in your respective country and uh, when it comes to trying to find certain things here you've got to definitely keep an eye out. For example, eating at a place called Sonic Burger which has got nothing to do with hedgehogs but more likely to do with diner style eatery I guess and you literally walk up to a drive through box on your feet, order it and then are served a burger by a girl on rollerblades so not really something I've experienced in Australia maybe you have, maybe someone else have but hey it's all about the uniqueness and the differences when it comes to going to another country especially in America, especially in the uh, grand Lone Star State 
of Texas. Not even going to beat around the bush with this next bit. Let's get straight in to the podcasting world's fastest growing segment. Wow, this is news. You love it, you know it, you want to hear the news. And an American flavoured episode of Wow, this is news this week as we bring you all the stories this week from Huffington Post. Dot com And most of these are about America, with maybe two not quite about America. Let's go to America first of all. And the family of a 16-year-old Georgia boy is describing how he woke from a coma speaking only Spanish instead of English. Ruben Nesamoa was playing a goalie for Gwinnett County team last month when another player accidentally kicked him in the head while he was diving for a ball, according to local ABC affiliate WSB-TV. Now, the high school sophomore, who has now suffered three soccer-related concussions, if you don't mind, because clearly soccer is a sport you associate heavily with concussions, uh, fell into a coma for several days, and when he woke up, he could only speak in Spanish. His mother, Dora, said that our life has changed through this process um, and that it uh, basically was a huge surprise. Ruben, whose English has since returned, said he knew a little Spanish before his friends and brother speak the language, but he'd never felt comfortable holding a conversation in the language before his injury. He told WSB, I wasn't perfect, but my brother is a really fluent Spanish speaker, so he kind of inspired me with that too. His Spanish gradually slipped away before, uh, sorry, after he woke up, he said. Uh, though Ruben's experience may sound like something out of a sci-fi movie, it is actually more common than some people realise. Dr. Michael Paradis, who teaches neurolinguistics, that's a big word, uh, at Montreal's McGill University, told the Huffington Post that it was not rare that Ruben only spoke Spanish upon regaining consciousness. Mr. Paradis said, for a number of complex reasons, such individuals may recover either both languages to the same extent, or one better than the other, or only one of the two. These effects are either temporary or permanent, again, depending on a number of factors. Um, I maybe need to get hit in the head, perhaps, um, and go into a coma, because I am heading to Mexico in a couple of days at the time of recording this, and I don't know a word of Spanish. So, uh, Ruben, if you're listening, uh, hook me up, man. Let me, you know, be in a coma for a couple of days and make sure I get some Spanish into my noggin, because I think I really need to learn that. Anyway, uh, on to everybody's favourite joke of 2016, Donald Trump. And uh, he's apparently inspiring a completely new genre of fiction, with the hashtag Trump a novel trending heavily across the world, where Twitter users reimagining their favourite book titles as if they were about the presidential nominee or written by him. Now, I've got a few here to share with you because uh, where would we be without sharing some of these? Uh, Stephen Williams says a crotchwork orange. Clever. Uh, Smiling Dash Hound. Hello, Smiling Dash Hound, one of our favourite Twitters, uh, Twitter users, I should say. The Lord of the Wrongs. That sounds like a New Zealand title. Uh, Belittle Women, Richard Pulsford, because it's like little women, but yep. Uh, Lack of Sense and Sensibility by Chloe Grace. Uh, and Chloe Grace also has another one there, American Pride and Racial Prejudice. Uh, so there you go. Search for hashtag Trump a novel, and you'll get a few of these here. We'll uh, perhaps come back to a few of those very, very shortly. Uh, speaking of 2016 as well, it hasn't been a very good year for gorillas in zoos, but uh, one good story to come from a zoo. 
Kumbaka, a 400-pound gorilla at the London Zoo, escaped his enclosure back on October the 13th, apparently scaring the absolute shit out of some people, as you would be seeing a giant gorilla leave. But when armed officials showed up, they didn't shoot him. They didn't have to do anything of his likes because all Kumbuka did was break into a nearby um, facility and drink a whole bunch of delicious fruity syrup, according to a blog post by the institution's zoological director, David Field. Now, Field wrote that staff raised the alarm that triggered our standard escape response, which clearly must be tested quite a bit, while Kumbuka, Kumbaka, I'm going to get his name right eventually, briefly explored the zookeeper area next door to his den, where he opened and drank five litres of undiluted black currant squash. So, um, yes, and I love how the Huffington Post has to put here, squash is British English for a type of water-diluted fruit concentrate. Thank you, Huffington Post. Uh, apparently, we didn't know what that means, but we're Australian. We generally speak more real English than Americans. But, uh, yes, that's quite funny that a gorilla escapes and only wants to drink some black currant juice. Clearly, he was thirsty. Anyway, that's a bit of a fun story for you there. Uh, what are some other Trump ones here we've got for you? Jessica Petlawani says, Gone Girl Rights. That's, that's a good one. Uh, that Girl I Grab on the Train by Michaela. A Light in the Dark says The Gropes of Wrath. Uh, Trump in Bed, a uh, fancy picture of Donald Trump superimposed onto some sexy guy in bed. Uh, David Copperfield, I get it. Uh, Pauline Murphy, American Psycho, changing title, not necessary. Good one there. Uh, we'll come back to a few more of those. Uh, now, the one that's obviously been doing the rounds a lot on the internet in the last week or so uh, is the man in Hong Kong uh, reading his newspaper in Starbucks. Now, the city uh, has been hit with some extreme weather during the week, residents facing two typhoons, flooding, and even a black rainstorm. But the, the man, who has been dubbed the Starbucks uncle, was unfazed, sat at Starbucks, completely surrounded by flooded water, reading his newspaper and just chilling, just doing his thing. Now, he was snapped by a 23-year-old medical worker, Christy Chan, uh, and then posted on Facebook with the caption, Huh? The newspaper said that it would be raining today. The post went viral when a local broadcaster, TV Most, shared it on Facebook, gaining more than 19,000 reactions, and it was only a matter of time before the internet turned the man into a meme, nicknamed him the Starbucks uncle, and drew comparisons to the woman in Taiwan photographed with a pork bun during Typhoon. Maggie. Uh, now, just looking at some of these uh, memes that are going around, there's a Photoshop picture of him reading his newspaper with a giant wave coming at him, one on a beach just chilling, and one with a giant great white shark about to eat him. So, uh, there you go. Uh, that is Starbucks Uncle. Google him. You'll get a bit of a laugh out of it because uh, we here at the brink certainly did. Uh, Pence and the Giant Pumpkin. Adam Couchman says that one on Twitter. Charlie and the Chinese Chocolate Factory. Hannah King Jackson, good one there. Moby Dickhead, <laughs> La La Lay, yes, good one. Uh, How the Grinch Stole the Election, Romeo Rampage, good one there. The Deplorial Lightness of Being, Frank Kniff, thank you. Um, sexual Crime and No Punishment, Moody Alex. A few more there, that's good. Um, now, one thing I will say about anybody who has been to America, you would know, of course, that when you spend money, you get change. Clearly, it's a thing that happens everywhere in the world. But pennies, they will fill your wallets up. They just completely take up space, just kind of like a five-cent piece does in Australia. And just like you do when you see a five-cent piece on the ground in Australia, you usually completely walk by it, just like you do with a penny here in America. However, 10 US cities have pennies spread around them at the moment that could be worth a $1,000 prize, dubbed the Lucky Penny by a bank over here called Ali. 
bank. Now, the unusual contest began a week ago and features custom copper-coloured discs that look like ordinary US pennies, but each one bears the bank's lowercase logo of a letter A and a unique redemption code. The game pieces have been placed around Austin. I'm here right now. I might be able to find one. Charlotte, Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, Miami, New York, San Diego, and Washington. Now, the bank says that the point of the contest is to inspire saving no matter how small. Their chief marketing officer, Andrea Riley, says that we hope that people will have fun searching for Alley Lucky Pennies in their cities and that the campaign will inspire people to look at money in a different way. And in an effort to help participants, the bank is tweeting out hints for each cities. Now, the official rules state that Ali will leave the pennies in public places or participate in car dealerships and in plain sight. Anyone who finds the pennies has until the end of the year to redeem it through the bank's website by using the coins code. So um, if you do see a random Australian guy walking around some of those cities looking at the ground for pennies, that's me. I'm trying to win $1,000. But I'm guessing I'll probably have to be a US citizen and we'll probably have to renege the money anyway. Oh, well. Um, a few more of these Trump tweets. These are good. No country for orange men. Uh, Tune of the Sky. Tune of the Sky also has Lord of the Lies. That's a good one. Uh, Fifty Shades of Orange by Viv. Stephen Williams. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Ass Grabbing. Good one. Low Expectations by Debbie's Gone. Gangster Nana. Best Twitter name ever. Sophie's Got No Choice. Uh, and the final one here, Quilton Dagger, says, Meet, Pray, Lust, Sue. There's some good ones there. Hashtag Trump a novel on Twitter. Look them up. Now, before we end uh, another segment of Wow, This Is News, uh, just some incredible news that, again, usually would go on the joke bin because uh, it doesn't really sound real, but it's real. The Chicago Cubs have made the World Series. Now, for anybody out there who has no idea about the baseball here in America or anything of the sorts, uh, the Chicago Cubs have not won the World Series since 1908. That is right. 98 years in between major championships and uh, it's an incredible thing if you think about it actually haven't been to the world series uh, i believe since even the 40s or the 30s uh, 1945 to be precise so uh it's a huge time in between uh appearances and the reason i bring this up is because well again if anybody said that that they made the world series you would laugh and you'd be like hey that's not true uh but this is 2016 it is the year of sporting miracles We've seen it in Australia, of course, with Western Bulldogs and the Cronulla Sharks in their respective football codes. Leicester City winning the English Premier League earlier this year and the Cleveland Cavs winning the NBA. So, uh, I mean, this just has fairy tale written all over it. And the team they're up against, too, the Cleveland Indians, they themselves haven't won a World Series since the 40s either. So it'll be a fairy tale for them. And, of course, uh, for Cleveland, hadn't won a major championship in about 50 years. They could be winning two in the space of six months. So completely incredible. Just a shame that this didn't happen last year, of course, back to the future year all those back to the future fans out there know of course the famous part of the movie where they say chicago cubs win the world series if they're only a year out i think you can give them a bit of a leeway there so um yeah chicago cubs so close to creating history and uh just an amazing uh experience and thing that would be in this edition of wow this is news we thought that was worth noting so uh yes wow this is news done and dusted for another episode and of course you know we'll be back in our next edition here on the ring now, of course, this week in 
America has brought about several highlights. You heard at the top of the episode uh, me talking a little bit about the US Grand Prix in Austin, Texas. You heard a few sounds uh, from in the background with me talking in the intro, but I thought we'd just play a few sounds of the race for you right now just to uh, give you a bit of a taste of how it, well, sounded. driving around but uh, our next bit I guess uh, ties in to our flashback segment uh, in LA uh, did manage to go and see garbage live in a cemetery if you don't mind Hollywood Forever Cemetery a very unique experience uh, to say the least to see a band perform in a cemetery and uh, we're going to tie this in with our flashback segment in just a moment but just want to play you a few highlights from that concert some of the songs that we did hear at the event and uh, just some of the highlights from that. Let's hear a bit of that now. And of course, you know, if you've followed Garbage for any length of time, you know I'm a goth at heart. I feel like I'm right where I am meant to be. And if the truth be told, when I was upstairs, I was getting ready for the show. And I was thinking to myself, this is, this is like a life moment. You know how you spend your life and sometimes things are mundane. And then there's moments when you understand and you're fully aware and you're fully awake and you're fully alive. And you are able to appreciate where you are, what's happening in your life, the fact that you are healthy, the fact that you have life and you're vital and vigorous. I guess that's why they say the dead informs the living. So, this is a spectacular night for us. She gave you everything she had. She was young and dumb. She just had 21. She didn't You go make romance when you go walking Pass them in your hat
experience and uh, definitely one that I will not ever forget seeing probably my favorite band perform in a cemetery not often that I get to say that but that ties us into our next segment flashback yes and uh, did have the honor of interviewing lead singer of garbage Shirley Manson several years ago and I thought what better time to bring back this flashback right now than here on episode five of the rebooted brink so uh, let's play in full the entire interview with lead singer of garbage Shirley Manson that we had on the brink uh, right now let's hear this and enjoy Shirley welcome to the brink and edge radio thank you appreciate it was amazing career that I sort of touched on there in the introduction but uh, it's hard to believe I suppose that uh, next year it will be 20 years since you first joined garbage and it's approaching 20 years since garbage's debut album it must be a, a shock sometimes to realize it's been that long <laughs> um it is a bit of a shock i must admit i think it's sort of funny in a way but also i'm really grateful for it you know so um yeah it just seems to have gone by in a flash mm. <laughs> yeah it, it certainly has and uh, obviously as i mentioned they're close to 20 million albums worldwide uh, across the across the years and uh, given your experience in the music industry before you joined garbage was this sort of always what you'd hope for a longevity in in the industry to sort of take you to this amount of success um you know when we first started out i don't know if we had even had any ambitions at all aside from you know just getting a, a record out you know a, a single out and then you know your goals change as as you push through each you know goal that you achieve and so um certainly at this point in my career i'm very grateful that i have longevity and um i understand how rare that is you know so um i think all of us in garbage feel that we're in a ridiculously lucky spot and that's mostly down to our fan base to be honest, more than anything. It's a huge fan base worldwide, and particularly here in Australia uh, as well. Huge fan base uh, in this country, Shirley. How have you found the uh, the Australian fans over the years? And obviously, as someone from Scotland, do you sometimes feel you connect a little bit more with the, the Australian fans, I suppose, sometimes, than maybe the American fans? Mm, no, you know, I think we've been, again, pretty lucky in that our success has been sort of spread evenly throughout the world. You know, we haven't ever been a massive band you know and, and we certainly haven't been a chart band um so i think we're, we're just lucky that we have people who know who we are everywhere we go and for the most part and uh, and um we have a, i mean we have a special connection with with australia and new zealand because that's kind of where we started you know that's where our first track ever got any traction at radio so there and our and we signed to an australian record label so um it does have a special place for us in that regard very big down here obviously with the um the tour that came out this year for the first time in uh seven years with uh, not your kind of people you performed at obviously Soundwave and some of these other uh places was it great obviously to get back on the road with garbage but uh, to sort of bring that new music out after such a, a period away from the from the scene 
Oh no, without a doubt, you know, I think we were all itching to play. We'd been off the road for seven years and, and I think we were just yeah, itching, you know, twitching literally <laughs> to um come and play. So and you know, it's always so beautiful to come to, to your part of the world. It's you know, always almost always when we come in we've kind of beautiful weather and um we've like you said, played quite a few big festivals, um and and they're always sort of great you know, great fun and great lineups and fantastic i'm being very pollyanna here i feel like it's just <laughs> everything is it's very <laughs> bright and breezy i'll try and find something to uh to turn it around a bit says shirley <laughs> maybe i'm asking too many uh, nice questions i don't know uh <laughs> i love it i'm just quite surprised by it well look we, we always like to try our best here <laughs> on the brink uh how hard was it i suppose when uh, garbage was getting started with with the with yourself being a female lead singer uh, something that i suppose wasn't that prominent out there do you think that helped with the success of garbage in those initial periods and are you surprised that there suppose aren't more bands out there with sort of a male lineup with a female lead singer it does seem to be sort of out of vogue right now you know um i I mean, I guess what's difficult, I think, for people right now, or should I say for difficult, um, it's difficult for women who I sort of brand as sort of alternative to break through in any way, shape or form right now, I think. You know, certainly plenty of female artists, and but a lot of them are blues singers or soul singers or, you know, R&B singers and pop singers. But there's, it's very, very difficult, I think, for women who are a little mousy or a little opinionated to really gain traction certainly worldwide you know it's happening in local pockets but to have the kind of international career that we enjoyed i think is really difficult do you think then i suppose a message out there to upcoming female singers shirley that might be listening to this show that they maybe need to go out there try the alternative scene get a get a band out there like yourself and uh, really try and push for that success well i think there's plenty of women out there doing it it's just a matter of whether they're getting the press you know, the press sort of coverage and, and radio play. Um, I know they're there because I've had, you know, countless amounts of, you know, letters and, and, and um, music sent to me over the last few years. So I know there's a lot of really talented bands out there. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I still think there's an allure for women to be in bands. You know, it's, there's something very unique about working with other people rather than it just being a a solo vision, you know, there's something to be said for creative endeavours that sort of involve uh, partnerships, you know, like proper compromise and, and partnerships. There's something really, for me, very romantic about that. And I've always loved the concept of a band way more than I've ever really connected with solo artist for whatever reason I don't know why can't really articulate it but yeah well I think that's uh, clearly a key part of your career personally Shirley is that you've all, always maintained that kind of image with garbage and there was talks of solo work a few years ago and everything along those lines but it's always sort of brought you back back to garbage and despite I suppose the, the break that you guys had from recording you're back together now is this something that you think is just kind of like a dysfunctional family sometimes and that you're always drawn back to each other and that you're always going to be together yeah definitely i mean we, we really get on each other's nerves but we really get each other as well so it's like that funny roller coaster that you have with 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 family you know with brothers that they're my brothers at this point and there's nobody that makes me laugh more than they do but there's nobody who drives me crazier than they do and vice versa you know we have a, we have a really good time together but um i know i drive them to the point of like 
distraction with, <laughs> with annoyance. <laughs> um, it's hard to live with me, you know. I'm not I'm not the easiest person to, to hang with. So <laughs> it's all sisters do with their brothers, Shirley. Come on, let's exactly, be <laughs> exactly. Now, your first live DVD too was released a couple of months ago. How how's the feedback been out there for the fans to finally get their hands on a, a live performance of Garbage on DVD? Well, because we've never done anything like that before, I think the reaction's been really positive. Um, we, you know, we we were just approached by by this company Eagle Rock, who who asked us if we'd be interested, and because we have never ever done anything like that before, we were like, sure. And we had no idea really that um, it was going to be sort of promoted the way it was. So we were quite <laughs> we were quite surprised, but um, it's cool, you know. I think people who have never been able to see us live at least get a chance to even get a vague taste of, of what coming to a garbage show would, is like. Mm, so. Yeah, yeah. I'm one of those people, Shirley. Uh, down here in Hobart, we uh, we haven't had the pleasure of seeing you down here yet, but uh, I've, I've seen... No, we haven't made it there. Next time, yeah, next time. One of the few pockets, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> we have to drag you down here, I think. Uh, <laughs> Got some uh, listener questions which I want to get to before some of our uh, five questions that we wrap it up. But uh, there was some talk at the end of last year that uh, Garbage back in the studio recording some new material potentially for another album. How is this all going, Shirley? And uh, is there a hint of perhaps of when we might be able to see a new album? Um, I think we've got our eyes on sometime in... Uh, well, it, you know what? It really depends. It depends on how well things go. But so far, things have been going really well. Um, and so maybe you'll hear something next year. Um, we definitely feel like we want some time off, you know. Um, we're lazy buggers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, we're not really like the, the new breeds, which seem to like, you know, they're, they're on tour and then two seconds later they've got a new record out. Um, it's not really our style. So um, sometime next year. And we've been writing. I mean, we, we had a writing session last week and it went fantastically and we were kind of shocked actually that it went that well because it's the first time I think that we've really had a productive first week. Mm. So, um, you know, we'll see. Mm. Well, uh, we'll keep an eye out on that one. Another question too I'm intrigued about, uh, Glasgow next year have the Commonwealth Games. I know you're from Edinburgh, Shirley, but uh, what, would the, what would it be like to get asked to maybe perform at a Commonwealth Games opening or, or closing ceremony on such a, a world scale like that? Um, you know, I haven't even thought about something like that. I, I feel like it's very dangerous as an artist to sort of eye these these kind of, you know, I don't know, opportunities for lack of a better word. You know, I think it's just best to focus on, on what you do and, you know... Um, Every now and again, you get a nice surprise and get invited to do something incredible. But, you know, I certainly don't imagine, oh, wouldn't it be wonderful to play, um, you know, the royal wedding? You know, I don't think like that. Just, it's too dangerous. That, 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 would have, that would have been interesting to see Garbage play at the royal wedding. That would have made a bit of spice for it. No, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm waiting for the call now, maybe for the new baby to uh, to get you there to serenade. Yeah, for the christening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure that I'll be there first on the on the yeah, list. Don't doubt it. You've heard it first here on the brink. Uh, Listen, question. <laughs> Jared Marshall uh, asks. He's sure it's a question that often gets brought up to you. But how much of an honour is it to have done a Bond film theme? And do you think this is one of the highlights of your career? Uh, it was a huge honour. And we're thrilled to be part of that franchise, um, a franchise that we still, you know, respect and still captures our imagination. So, yeah, it was a huge honour. Um, 
and it's certainly one of the memorable, the most memorable sort of opportunities that ever came our way that we grabbed with both hands and 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 sort of thrust ourselves into with with gusto and um, yeah, it was, pretty, it was remarkable actually. It had it was fraught with other perils, but. Um, in retrospect, it, it was a great honour. Mm, it's one of my favourite Bond themes, actually. Thanks, uh, Jared, for that question. The final one I'll ask before I quickly wrap it up with our five questions. Rita Armston asks, what was it like to play a Terminator uh, on Sarah Connor Chronicles and any chance we can see you in a Terminator reboot alongside Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> you know, it was absolutely amazing to do that show and I had the time of my life and I was really gutted when they cancelled it in the end and, and um, we didn't get into a third series, but um, I would love to do more sci-fi. I mean, I've gotten really bitten by that bug, and um, I have been asked to audition for other projects, and um, but none that have come along that have really excited me as yet. But um, if something came along that really captured my imagination, like the Sarah Connor Chronicles did, I would definitely do it again. We'll do something sci-fi in Australia, Shirley, and get you out here just for that. I, I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> Find me a job. Yes, exactly. Now, five questions. We ask every question really quickly to wrap it up. I'll have to explain one of these because it was based on an Australian ra- uh, Australian advertising campaign. Question number one, Shirley Manson, what is your favourite type of cheese? Mm, God, my favourite kind of cheese. Mm. Um... Jarlsberg. Jarlsberg. Yes, it's a classic, and a lot of people have been asked. We're a cheesy show, Shirley. We like to ask that question. <laughs> uh, question number two. Now, we had an advertising campaign in this country a few years back where basically a toilet paper company asked whether you folded or scrunched when you went to the bathroom. So, Shirley Manson, do you fold or do you scrunch? Mm, I think I fold. Fold. Ish. Fold-ish. Kind of a mix. It's scrolling. Mix, mixed bag. We've we worked out this There's scrolling. folding and scrunching. Yeah. It's like a mix in the middle. So, yeah, that works. Yeah. It's like the third option. Folding we... and scrunching. Yep, it works. Uh, question number three. Growing up, what was your dream job? Uh, well, there was a couple of things I wanted to be. I wanted to be a journalist mm-hmm. and I wanted to be an astronaut. Wow. And a ballerina. Ah, Actually, I wanted to be a ballerina. That was probably my dream job, actually. So there's a, there's so a sci- ballerina. sci-fi movie in there, an astronaut, journalist, ballerina. There you go. Saves the world. <laughs> Question number four. Also growing up, who was your childhood celebrity crush? John McEnroe. Ah, right. Okay, then. That, you didn't even think about that one. You said that straight away. I didn't need to. <laughs> I, was, I had scrapbooks um, filled with John McEnroe's you know, whole life and history. It was, it was really sick oh. and quite we, super weird. I love it when people don't hesitate and they just bang straight into the answer. <laughs> Final question today, Shirley Manson, what is your worst habit? My worst habit? Mm, worrying. Worrying, yes. Yeah. Yeah, worry. Yeah, that would be probably my worst habit. Mm. It's it's it's, a, it's an interesting one to have and uh, I'm I'm sure you right now that I've got no more questions to make you worry about Shirley because it's been an absolute <laughs> honor having you here on the show. Of course, uh, not your kind of people. The latest CD from Garbage is available in stores as is their live DVD. Good luck with the rest of the everything Shirley and uh, we hope to see a new Garbage CD in the stores very soon. Woohoo! All right. Thanks mate. Appreciate it. Absolutely thrilled to be out into Shirley and uh, definitely still have to say thanks for all that happening because it was definitely a dream for that to happen and uh, still to this day stands by as one of my favourite interviews that I ever did on the show. As we draw another episode to a close, a fairly short episode, I guess you could say, today compared to some of the ones we did in New Zealand. Um, we sort of reflect on a, about a week or so in America, in both Austin and in Los Angeles, and uh, move forward now to, of course, Mexico. 
very intrigued for Mexico, never been there, don't speak a word of Spanish, and um, I guess you'll hear about my Mexican experiences in the next episode, but uh, it's going to be fun, it's going to be interesting, and uh, it will be the sixth country that I've visited this year, uh, and it will be the fifth on this trip already, uh, we'll add Canada to that uh, in a few weeks, but of course adding Fiji, which uh, I was in for about two hours on the way across to Los Angeles, uh, five countries so far in the space of a few weeks, so quite interesting, but um, yeah. Yes, Mexico, very intrigued to see how that will go. The Mexican Grand Prix, uh, back-to-back races, and um, be interesting to add it to my experience list. But, uh, yes, uh, quite nerve-wracking to say the least how it will go. Just want to bring you one quick little extra... Uh, segment here, uh, not really a segment, but just another sort of live performance, just really quickly, because it only goes for about a minute, and I thought it's perfect time to play it. We had uh, US group The Exchange uh, on our show during the Festival of Voices back in 2014, I believe it was. Now, The Exchange uh, have come through several reality shows in America and sort of an a cappella group who perform well-known songs and do it very, very well. Very popular in Hobart. They come back every year, I believe, for the Festival of Voices. Quite love it in Tasmania. We had the privilege of having them all in the studio, and it was actually on July the 4th that we did have them in the studio, so it was a very American day for them. But this is them performing uh, Blurred Lines, of course, uh, the Robin Thicke song, uh, which did cause a bit of controversy over the years, but this is their account of it anyway. Uh, just a very enjoyable way to end the episode. Trying to say, if you can't breathe from the same head, maybe I'm going deaf, maybe I'm going blind, maybe I'm out of my mind. Looking now, he was close, tried to domesticate you, but you're an animal, baby, it's in your nature. Let me liberate you. You don't need no paper, that man is not your maker, and that's why I'm a take a good girl. I know you want it, hey, I know you want it, I know you want it, a good girl, can't let it get past me, you're far from plastic, talking about getting blasted, these blurred lines. got my foot tapping there, great way to, uh, bring this one to a close. As always, we appreciate any feedback and support that you do give us. Uh, easiest way to listen to these episodes, of course, is via iTunes. You can subscribe to us directly there. Just head to iTunes, search for The Brink, subscribe, that easy. And as always, you can leave us ratings, feedback. We appreciate anything else in between. Uh, that is how we know whether you like it or hate it. Uh, if you don't have iTunes, you can still subscribe to us via your podcast server. Head to us on Facebook, find the link, which of course we are supplied uh, very gratefully by Wooshka and you can subscribe via that way as well facebook.com forward slash the brink radio show you will see all our posts as well as our YouTube posts you can subscribe to us via YouTube just click on one of the YouTube links on Facebook find us on there subscribe to us and you will never miss a video and as I always say a bit of a personal plug for my own blog benjaminternational.wordpress.com start up to date with my own personal experiences and 
learn a little bit more about me outside of the brink in case you've ever wanted to do that. Uh, yes, that's how you do it. But uh, that has been another episode of The Brink. We really do appreciate your support and your company wherever you are listening to us around this big world of ours. And until we next speak again for episode six, my name is Ben. Keep sucking those oranges, Hobart, and good night. Good night.